ah yes, the Stephen King miniseries. Those four words trigger a feeling of comfort. Or better yet, the feeling of a Sunday on the couch with nothing else better to do but to fall into a rich story with great character arcs and horror so original to themselves, it's easy to see they have the stamp of a king. After years of streaming, it's hard to believe movies like It, Salem's Lot, The Stand, they were all aired on TV, broke down into chapters, bringing in millions of viewers night after night to get their next installment of terror. I mean, sure, there had to be some viewers who had read the books and had an idea of how the movie would end, but what happens when there's no book? Well, that's the case for today's movie, Storm of the Century. King wrote this story strictly for film, no book prior. Aside from it being Stephen's favorite miniseries of his own, it's also mine. This may be the most underrated horror movie of all time. I mean it. The film's villain, Andre Linoge, is a mind-reading evil wizard demon with the demeanor of Hannibal Lecter, straight nightmare fuel. There isn't a winner that goes by where I don't find four hours to crank out this wicked stom of a movie. Folks, this is the season finale of the rehab season here at Sloppy Horror Podcast, and it comes from the heart when I say it's an honor to have you here with us as we break down this diamond in the rough. Bundle up, boys and girls. It's time to give our take and brace the storm of the century. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I'm your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey, and back again for another week clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole fucking galaxy, Mr. Ozark Mark. Ozark Mark's down there. How are you? Have you been brought to tears, sir? <laughs> Mark's out of the game. No, because you're stupid ass. <laughs> just took me on a horrible memory lane of Cincinnati Bell having cable. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Why did you do that right before you started the thing? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, where am I? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. We are back here, and this is the season finale of the rehab season. We are almost fully rehabilitated, and to get back into the regular swing of scary movies, that's what the whole purpose of this season was, so we're back up in it. So, we are here to talk about the final movie here to get you back to 100% horror fan out of the, the blues. Yeah, man. That's of the post-Halloween winter season. And, and it went quick, but folks, that's what we did. We we took you off your feet, okay? We were at the bottom of the stairs with your glass slipper. We picked you up, okay? We slapped your pumpkin, and we took you all the way here. We got past the holidays, folks, because I think most most spooky fans, I don't know, there's a lot of ambivalence surrounding the Christmas season. Not everyone loves it, and I know spooky people love Halloween time, Look, we're past all that, folks. We're past the new year. We're about to move into Valentine's Day. You know, it, I mean, we're in the midst of cuffing season, so I imagine all of you boys and girls have someone you're snuggling or, I don't know, electronic toys and snacks. I don't know what the fuck you got going on, but I hope you're feeling warm inside Just and rehabilitated. Just a hole in the mattress. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now watch out for them springs, though. Mm-hmm, to get you. Oh yeah, you gotta find the right spot for that. So, folks... This movie here, I know I get excited every week because I'm a horror movie nerd, but this is really a movie close to my heart, and it does feel cold. And we are talking about Stephen King's Storm of the Century. And why do I say Stephen King's? He was the producer, and this was a movie that he wrote for a movie. Was not a book. Was not a book. Um, ABC really kicked off uh, um, the miniseries kind of thing. And I want to say Roots was one. Like, I mean, they really started back in the day. Uh. There was one. They started back in the day with the miniseries. But then, like, kind of in the 90s, it almost went in a slump. And the only thing that kept them alive was Stephen King. We've talked about a couple of his pictures. What about It? It, that was a miniseries, wasn't a full movie. And that had, like, big-time ratings. Millions and millions of people were really intrigued by it. And obviously, it's easy to see why. It's the the precursor to Netflix, basically. Absolutely, man. If you really want to think about it, absolutely. Um, And what happened is, because Stephen King's not interested in trying to break something down in an hour and a half, there's been a lot of people to do it great, 
but they're film people. But he's a book guy. He wants to put a lot of, you know, character arc in this. But this movie here, Storm of the Century, is regarded as one of his best. It's his favorite out of all of them. I mean, over it, over Rose Red, over The Stand, over The Shining, all of over all of these little mini series that he had with ABC. This is his favorite. And I can see why, because it's one of my favorites, and there's not a winner that goes by where I really don't watch it. Now, we're here in Cincinnati, and I feel like we have bad winners until like I'm on live stream and I'm talking to people. I was talking to somebody in Iowa, and they said it was negative 40. I was like, what are you doing? Are you like researching fucking, uh, you know, in, in the South Pole? Are you, what are you doing down there? Are you guys testing each other's blood to find out if you got the thing in you? Like, what's going on? If it's that cold, I'm assuming you're a scientist or you're there for a reason. What does your family do? Harvest ice? Like, what the fuck? That's where all the ice comes from. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going on and why people are living in these environments. Negative 40. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't, I can't, I can't boogie with that at all. Um, Some people like the cold, man. That's like crazy cold, bro. Like when you see those scientists and they're like, yeah, it's negative 80 out here today. And they've got like this fucking Columbia sports suit on, like looking like Bear grills with goggles and shit. And you're like, why? Hey, dude, I want to go somewhere one time to where if I go outside, I come back five minutes later with like frost on, on your beard. beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would look cool. <laughs> yeah, get the McCready look going on. Yeah. yeah, I'm down for that. Dude, I used to... Because my parents had a hot tub when I was growing up, and when it was, like, the best time to go out there when it was, like, below freezing. Because, I mean, you know, like, it just feels better. Like, being surrounded by coldness but being warm is, like, the best feeling in the fucking world, right? But I would get my hair wet, and I'd put it up, you know, just fucking put your fingers up through it so it sticks up, and it'd be wet above the hot tub. So I get out, my hair's frozen. That's how you get COVID for sure. It's fun. That's where COVID comes from. Not exactly, but we're close to it. Mm-hmm. 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 So, folks, I know every week most of you have seen a lot of these movies, and you like to join us just because you enjoy them too, and maybe you can learn a little bit about them. Or maybe you're like, what storm of the century? Egg. Well, guess what? We're going to tell you. Well, I'm not going to tell you. He's going to tell you with the world-famous Christian Ramey synopsis of Storm of the Century. When did this movie come out? So this was 1999, Mark. Okay, when it came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Okay, give us a synopsis. Tell us about what the hell this is. So this is a length... This is a four-hour thing, folks. Uh, four- God damn! Mm-hmm. We have four episodes, each an hour long, but I'm going to do my best to wrap this up really nice. So... Obviously, this story takes place in Maine, like any other Stephen King story. Going off, way up there, huh? Uh-huh. Off Little Tall Island. And um, what's going on on Little Tall Island is these people, islanders, kind of, they pride themselves on being islanders and not mainlanders. And they feel like they can handle the storms and things like that. And I don't know, there's a town of what? Like 300, 300 souls or something. Not, there's not a whole lot of people on it. Well, there's a big storm coming up. And these folks aren't uh, terrified, but they're doing the normal thing that everybody does, getting your bread, getting your milk and eggs. And one of, I would say, the main character of this movie is Michael Anderson. And Michael Anderson is this, the constable, so like kind of like the sheriff of this little town, but he also owns the grocery store. He's a real kind of heroic Gary Cooper style fucking guy. And... What's going on as everybody's settling up, getting ready for the storm? Well, then all of a sudden, there's a, uh, there's a kid named Davy Hopewell, right? And it goes to a scene where he's walking home, he's dribbling on a basketball, and he walks past this old lady Martha's house, and he notices her, her door's open, and her walker is in the middle of the fucking driveway, okay? Well, what's going on is Martha was murdered. There was a man named Andre Linoge, and I'll say man in quotations because we don't know what he is. But this man came and murdered Martha, and he's got some kind of mystical aura to him. You don't really know what's going on when you first see his encounter with Martha, but you could tell he's different. He's almost demon-like. He's kind of strange. And then Davy finds Martha's body. He runs to the town. He cries wolf, lets everyone know. But the storm is still coming. So Michael and uh, his buddy Hatch, he's like the uh, deputy, if you will. I like this guy. And he is played by KC Shamashko, 
What a fun last name. But he's been in a lot of great things. Yeah, Young let's, Guns. Let, yeah, let's cut back to that for a second. Shamashko. Shamashko. You want to know how that's spelled? S-I-E-M-A-S-Z-K-O. That does not sound like Shamashko. Yeah, yep. You would think there would have been an agent that would have been like, you know, we're going to kind of... Maybe you should take out this I-E and put an H and make it sound like how it's supposed to be said. But anyway. We're going to call you Casey Smash. What do you say, kid? (laughs) Shamashko. What is that? Well, he's been a lot of great stuff. Stand by me, Young Guns. Love that guy. Well, they go to investigate this little murder of Martha, and they're like, what the hell? This is a little island. Things like this don't happen. And the guy is still in the house. He's like sitting in the recliner. So they arrest this man who's really giving them no information, and he's just looking creepy. They arrest this man, and they bring him back to, uh, because their only holding cells are behind Michael Anderson's store. He owns a grocery store, but in the back of it, he's kind of got like a little uh, precinct, if you will, like a couple little holding cells for the town drunk or whatever. Well, they go to bring him there, and they take him around back, and they're going to put him in there, but they can't open the door. They can't open the door. And throughout this whole time where we've met this bad guy whose name is Andre Linoge, he's talking creepy shit. He's talking really creepy. There was actually another man who found, who went there before Michael. He was like the town, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff uh, Demun. Is that that guy's name? Yeah. Jeff Demun, he's the guy who plays um, uh, Robbie Beals. And he's kind of like the mayor, if you will. Very great character. Jeff DeMunn's the guy from Walking Dead. He played Dale. He was also in The Green Mile. Great actor. Well, he went to investigate first because Michael wasn't around. So he goes to see this guy, Andre Linoge. And Andre Linoge is like, you were with a whore the night your mother died. You know, blah, blah, blah. Starts on revealing information that only Robbie would know. And he's like, what the fuck? So this whole time, like in between bringing... Andre to the jail. He's kind of like saying weird things to people that only they would know. Well, they can't get him in through this back door. And Hatch tells Michael Anderson, hey, man, we're going to have to take this guy through this full store of shopping customers getting their milk and eggs to take him back to the jail cell. So they take this guy through the grocery store. And like one by one, bro, he starts looking at people and he, you know, Oh, Peter Godzo. He says, how's the lobster business doing? Not too good, but luckily you got the marijuana business to fall back on. How many bales you got in there? 30, 40? He starts saying shit to people, and everybody's like, oh, he's a liar, you know? But it's real. He's really guessing shit. And people are like, how does this guy know? He walks up to this lady, Cat Cat William, or what's her name? Cat, not Withers. Withers, Cat Williams. Hold on, player. I'm gonna oh, ask, hold on now. I'm going to ask you to get the fuck up out my town. <laughs> no, but Cat Withers, he walks up to this girl and he says, Cat Withers, you're looking good. And he's like, well, I guess you should. It's just an in, in-office procedure these days, huh? <laughs> like, And he was hinting to an abortion that Cat had got. And only she would have known that. So he's like calling all these people out. Real Hannibal Lecter style, too. I love it. Oh, yeah. Very creepy. And the guy who plays Andre Linoge is Calm Fiore. Now, he's been in a few flicks. He's been in like Pearl Harbor. There's a few random flicks, but this guy is fucking incredible. I don't know how he's not bigger. Anyways, they finally get his ass in this jail cell. And he starts just saying weird shit like, give me what I want and I'll go away. Well, even though he's in a jail cell, while he's incarcerated, three deaths happen. No, there's three suicides and one murder. And at the end of all of them, they're all saying, they're all leaving little notes and mementos that say, give me what I want and I'll go away. They're starting to realize that this guy isn't a fucking human. This guy's like a wizard. And that's what they claim him as. Like, he's wizard? Like, Motherfucker's a wizard. So this dude... They're like, yo, there's some creepy shits going on. People are dying all around the town while this guy's locked up. And anybody they leave alone with this dude, like, kind of get tranced by him. Like, almost, because he has this cane. It's almost like Jafar with this cane. You remember how he would get people? Yep. We mentioned Jafar a few times on this show. And that's really what's pretty badass about it. So the guy's real fucking mystical. And what's real cool when they're taking him through the store, Michael Anderson's son runs up to this creepy dude. 
And the creepy dude picks him up, even though he's in handcuffs. And he says, Ralphie Anderson, you've got a saddle fairy on your nose, or a fairy saddle on your nose. And it's like a little birthmark. And he's like, that's what my daddy calls it. Of course he does. And, you know, he kisses the boy and he sets him down. And Michael's all fucking pissed off about it. But what's, what's so cool is Ralphie looked at his hands and he saw he had handcuffs on. And he says, why are you wearing those? And he said, because I choose to. And like you're like yo, <laughs> yo, <laughs> what, yo, <laughs> uh, hey, what's this guy about? Cause I choose to. So you just know this guy's some kind of fucking crazy thing. Well, eventually he finds his freedom. He kicks down the jail cell door and he fucking escapes. And the storm starts to come. And he tells this town of people, "I'm coming back, and I'm coming. You're you got to have a town meeting. We're gonna have a fucking meeting. You meet me here, and we're gonna talk some stuff over." Give me what I want and I'll go away. And they're like, all right, what choice do we have? We got to meet this guy. We don't know what's going on. Well, at this little meeting, he tells them, hey, I'm old. Not old like you. I'm going to live a little longer than the rest of you guys. But for me and my kind, I'm old. So I want one of your kids. Someone I can train. A protege, if you will. You know, uh, uh, an apprentice. So I can teach him my ways. So you either give me one of your kids, or I'm going to kill all of you. And people believe him, because he's making everybody die. So this town is faced with this choice of either give him a kid, or we all stand up against him. And that's where I'll leave the synopsis. I know it's lengthy, but it's a lengthy movie. And I actually I can't wait to get to the bottom of this, Mark, because like I don't know about you, but, I, well... I want to get to the bottom of this right now, Mark. If you were put in a fucking situation like this, Michael Anderson was against it. Michael Anderson said, we don't fucking reason with thugs. We are not giving this dude our kid. And if if we if we give him this kid, how the fuck are we going to live with ourselves? Were you guys fucking crazy? We're not giving this dude our kid. He just fucking killed all these people. Were you guys crazy? And the rest of the town's so scared where they're like, because the guy is not stating he's going to kill the kid. He's saying this kid's going to have a long life, longer than everybody else. So everybody's like, I would rather lose one in life to all of us in death. And Michael's like, fuck that. I don't know about you, man, but I stood with Michael. I would have been like, fuck this, dude. You're not taking one of our kids. What, do you want fucking drugs? I'll fuck you up, dude. We'll all die. Fuck you. You're not, we'll die as a unit. You're not taking one of us. Like, how are we going to live? We're not going to live with ourselves because he's going to kill us all. I would rather fucking die than give him one of our fucking kids. I don't know, bro. Like, and it's sad because the whole town at the end in that meeting, he's trying to convince everyone, and no one's on his side. And you're like, bro, I would have been right there with you. I, you would have felt like one person would have been like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, nobody was, not even his own wife. I know, bro. And I was super like, and and I would, because this dude's like heart of gold, Captain America, you know, Gary Cooper style, just. I don't know, man. I would not have given him a kid. I would have tried to fight against him. I would have tried to fight against him. You, I th- well, you would definitely would have lost. Um, For sure, dude. Like there's like it's literally a death or somebody give him a kid. Now it's different from my end because I don't like people and I don't have a kid. So if I was just think about it, like all those people, there's only like seven kids in there, and there's like fucking like what a hundred, two hundred people. I think it was eight kids. Yes, yeah, eight kids. Yeah. Fuck that. Take one of them. I don't care. <laughs> Leave me alone. But see, that's different. Even yeah. Even if it was like a wife, I'm taking somebody's wife. I would have been like, "Fuck you, bro. You're not taking none of us. Like, you're either gonna take all of us or fuck you." Because like at that point, I'm believing. Like, oh, let's just say, well, most, if it's one of our wives, yeah, fuck that. I'll die. But, but I'm saying, like, what if let's well, children are more important than wives, Mark? And look here, what you gotta say is. Okay, this guy came down. So obviously, something, there's a higher being of sorts. So all the people who question their faith or like whatever's going on, clearly there's demon people. There's clearly demon people. So I will feel if I side with the devil, what's going to happen to us? Like, you know what I mean? But I feel like that's your like testament of being like, you know what? Fuck you. Well, that's fine. But if you look at what happened to the last town that had this problem, they chose to fight against it. And what happened? I know. They all did. They all were gone. So if you go back to your philosophy of devil or God, God's going to let you die. 
Well, he is, but I'm saying the afterlife's what I'm looking forward to because at that point, I mean, I do believe in an afterlife, but I feel like everyone would have to after that point. Like, look, look there's clearly an afterlife. If we side with the devil. This dude's not, it's not afterlife. That guy, you don't even know what the hell this guy is. You don't know if he's a demon or not. Oh, man. I, I would have not. I would have been totally on the fighting board of fuck this, even if, like, I didn't have kids. Like, we're not giving this dude shit. Like, and we would have all died. We would have all died. I accept that. But me personally, man, I would have been fucking through the roof. I would have been fuck this dude. Um, but, man, such a such an intense story because even you and I, as close as we are, like I said, you know, we, you can see how people can pick either way. You know, rather lose one in life than lose us all to death. And I agree. I just know my like I, my mouth would just fuck this shit, fuck this guy, you know, and then he would have liked whatever he did to me, but, you know, I would have felt good about that, but what was, I don't know, the, it's a crazy premise to think, like, that's the most, I I want your most important thing, the most, not your car, I want somebody's house, I want an adult's life, because somebody would probably give it to you, just like, you know, you can have this, <laughs> you know, but a kid, like, damn, dude, that's so intense, there's such an intensity to that, and I really appreciated that. So, no oh, man, it makes it easier to give a kid away because you're not the, the kid isn't going to die. I know, bro, but, but like, it, and it ended up being Michael's kid. Of course, it had to be Michael's kid. How else would it not be Michael's kid? I supported his decision to leave his wife. It's like, good, fuck her. I'm like, fuck you. You're gonna give our kid up, dumb bitch. Like, all right, see you, bye. Like, I'm out of here now. Oh, yeah, she's like, you, when she pulls the, because how he chooses it is he gets these old stones, and there's six white stones and one black stone. He puts them in a bag. He gets all the mothers of the children or fathers or parent of one each child, and they go up, and they have to pick out of this bag. If you pick a white rock, you get to keep your kid. Pick the black one, that's the one he's taken. It's funny. He's like, who wants to go first and feel the relief over your body? <laughs> Dude, his shit talking like, is the best. I know, but then at the end, she, of course, uh, Michael's wife pulls the black rock. Of course, the last rock picked is black rock. She's like, "You fixed it. You fixed it somehow." It's like, no, I did not. <laughs> I like, I like how after the town has this meeting, Michael's like, "All right, all right." Well, just know, me and my son are not in this. <laughs> I like how the one dude stood up. He's like, Michael, I think everybody's heard your point. Now, why don't you take a seat? And the one dude comes up like, why don't you does what he says? <laughs> like, and that guy, he punches him to calm him down. Whoa, Mike, calm down. You just punched me in my face, dude. I'm not oh very God. calm. <laughs> I, 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 I would never, why don't you do what ever. He says? be able to live on this island i would get so annoyed with everybody's pussy ass fucking why don't you does what he says <laughs> i don't know why it's so funny they're all so uh they're all looking out for each other and all fucking small talk happy uh <laughs> makes me want to fucking shoot them i know i know but uh it is funny though uh when uh they first go to uh when michael and uh hatch Go to the old lady's house. <laughs> Martha Clarendon. Martha Clarendon's house. Martha Clarendon. You said it just like Robbie Beals, like fucking Jeff DeMunn. <laughs> well, I'm not going in there. That's why we pay you. <laughs> but uh, they go in there and Hodge is like, geez, Mike, she got no face left. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez, Mike. It's like the safety on. Safety's on. <laughs> he played the perfect like Robin character, like with a Batman and Robin. He's just like, oh, he's he played that so well, man. They really did. And I faced with the loss of a child, so crazy. And the and the wild part about this is, even though this was for TV, there were some pretty cool deaths going on throughout this. Mark, I mean, we had a guy kill himself by throwing an axe at his face. We got a hanging. We got a guy, yeah, throwing an axe at his face. That's really intense. The old lady, she drowned her stuff in the bathtub, and then, and then he had like this. Andre had this power to like mind power people, and Cat had an abortion with this. She had an abortion, but her boyfriend was Billy, and he didn't know about it until Andre spilt the beans. So they had, like, a disagreement. But Billy's a real cock, so she fucking kills him. But Andre Linoge has her under some, like, mind power because that cane, 
was near her. Jesus, that cane was near her. And she fucking, like, brutally kills him, like, beats the shit out of him. I like, I like how he tried to make Billy kill her first. Yeah, but he but was then, a big puss. But he's, he's like, God damn it, he's, he's right, you are a pussy. <laughs> Dude, he really was. He really was. And there's, like, so many good B actors. I forget the guy's name, the the Freeman guy. I forget his name, but he... um. He was the bad guy in the mask. He was one of the bad guys, like part of the robbers crew. Yeah, there's, there's so many people like yeah. you recognize. I knew he was from the mask, and he and he says the same line too. <laughs> I forget what line it is, but it was literally like he took it out from the mask. It's so great. Everyone does, uh, you know, because there's like 75 speaking roles within this movie. Shit, uh, yeah, well, sorry, it's four hours long, so it's like. You got to pack all of that in the movie style into four hours. It's not like a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it is, but it isn't because it doesn't tell the pace of a Netflix series. A Netflix series has like maybe four or five main characters. Yes, right throughout the entire series. This is a four-hour movie that has fucking so many. There, there are so many, and obviously, it's going to be something like you may be able to watch this in full length. Um, if you've got like one of those snowed in days and it's, you know, it's people are familiar with binging, <clears throat> but it, it, it would be kind of cool to break it up in parts because I think that would bring you back to want more of the story. But man, there, there's a, the coloring, the pacing, everything feels cold. And <clears throat> by the end of this, because like initially, if you say some guy just came to the island, and he wants your kid, everybody'd be like, fuck that. We'll beat him up. But after you see what this guy does, after some time, like Mark's answer over there, just so sure of it, like, no, nah, that guy's winning. Like, there's no way around this thing. Like, whatever this thing is. No. Now, if he showed up before and didn't do any of this stuff, mm-hmm. it's a different story. But Yeah, now, he had threatened everybody. And sorry to cut you off. He just threatened everybody to say, like, hey, if you guys don't, I'm going to make it look like the storm killed you guys. Like, look at the people of Roanoke where nobody know where they went. So, yeah. like, that's his threat. Like, either you're going to yeah, do he it. Made, he made them all have the same dream of them all walking into the ocean. Yeah. That shit's nuts. Especially the storm. But especially the part where the water waves are coming up, like, destroying the whole fish store and all that. Oof. Some scary stuff. Just the storm in general is freaky. Like a snowstorm and ocean at the same time. Like, that's a whole bunch of shit I don't want to be a part of. No, like, dude, that's not a good combination. Mm-mm. The ocean and snow, cold ocean? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, at least in, like, a tsunami, you're like, well, this is A warm. lighthouse being just destroyed? destroyed. Yeah. Ugh. It dude, it did it like fucking crumbled. Now this is like since it was made for TV and ABC, like there's obviously some limitations with like the practical effects and CGI, but they weren't so adventurous where it's unwatchable. Like there's st- like it looks great still and it works well because obviously if you're used to horror, you're used to old effects and this is gonna kind of fit in there. But I think this was so adventurous of them to make such a story because you really did. Ha- I don't think it would have worked unless you would have laid out the whole thing. Because in a short hour, I think this would be a dumb story. Like I think it. Like, but after some time, you're like, well, fuck, dude. You start thinking of the storm element. You start thinking of this creepy dude, and then it is a question. Like, because usually in a movie, you're like, well, just run, run, dumbass, get out of there. Or you're like, well, fucking kill that guy, or call the cops, or. Get your gun. Like, it's always a quick thing to be like, these people are dumb. And this, you're like, well, shit. No, it's like, I don't know they, what literally, you do. they literally <laughs> built it up to where you're fucked. You have no choice but to give this guy a child or die. Like, there's no other way around it. There's no, everybody rally in the name of Jesus, like fucking Michael did. They're like, nah. Mm hmm. We're fucked, dude. And let me tell you something. When it comes down to horror movies and horror movie characters, and especially Stephen King stuff, Andre Linoge is a criminally underrated character. Storm of the Century is known by a lot of people, but this dude is seriously fucking scary, and he's, like, undefeated. He's only got one movie. He came through. He said he wanted what he wanted. He took it, and he got it. Like, and he's he's a wizard? Like, bro, hey, this guy needs to be talked about a lot more. And, like, there's a lot of acting going on. it. And, and as you mentioned... Almost Hannibal Lecter style. And the fact that somebody delivered something with like a Hannibal Lecter tier of conversation, it should be talked about a lot more because I Born love this guy. Born in sin, come right in. He has the coolest sayings. Yep. Born in lust, tend to the dust. dust. <laughs> Bro, he's so cool. Want advice? 
Ask it twice. Because <laughs> that's the thing with hell, Robbie. <laughs> hell is repetition. <laughs> Dude, the just he has the coolest little fucking one-liners, and he's never afraid. He's never afraid for one moment in that whole mo- in that whole movie. Usually with our main villains, you know, we're talking Jason, Michael, Freddy. They're tough, always. But you always have that moment of like, huh? Like where they're scared for a second, like that split level of like, uh-oh, they got me. He don't have that once. There's not one moment where he's like ever afraid. No. <laughs> and that makes him such a beast to well, me. Well, he knows everything. He literally knows everything. Everything. And everybody's afraid to, to be near him because they don't want him to call out their past. Everybody has secrets. And that was his whole motive. Like, he's, like, saying... That's what our islanders do. We keep secrets. Mm-hmm. And, and he's pretty much saying, like, you know, your whole island's full of fucking pedophiles, liars, whatever, you know, cheaters, and you guys want to protect each other. You know? It's crazy how... Like, he was, like, judging the human race for how we cover lies and only see the good in people. And... Michael Anderson was such a great character to go against Andre Linoge because he's that kind of guy to see the good, to be a, a greater, like he's just a fucking Captain America of a guy. Yep, nice guys finished last. He did, dude. He did, bro. Like, and usually I'm not nice. I just felt this dude in that situation. Like, I was like, bro, I'm with you. Especially that speech, I would have been up with you. Like, yeah, man, I don't know what road you're taking. <laughs> no, usually I need somebody backs him up. Nobody did. Not one dude did. <laughs> Nobody backed him up. And that's the part, like, every movie where you give us some inspiring speech and everybody's like, sit down, Michael. I think <laughs> All right, fine, you. I'll sit down. <laughs> I think we've heard your point. <laughs> And this is another great thing. that This meeting is adjourned. Ozark, Mark, and I do a whole lot is this whole movie, they say each other's full names, and that's a lot of fun. Like Davey Hopewell, Martha Clarendon. Martha Michael, Clarendon. Michael Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so much fun to me, man. They just call you by your full-ass name. I oh, know. That's that's good stuff, Mark. That's, I think that's I, great stuff, man. I feel like there's 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 so much to know about this movie that I think we just need to call those dudes over here. And is it that time? To, yeah. Hey now. Yeah, welcome to the What Do You Know here. This is the segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie. Yeah. You're about to find some stuff out. Yeah, so, won't you okay. start off with a fact here. Do it. So what's really cool here? Okay, so the main guy, the Canadian actor, Confiori, you know, this guy, he was the guy who played Andre Linoche. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Apparently, this guy was like, look here, I got to do this movie, and I got to be the scary guy to all the kids. Yeah. I don't want to be a scary guy to the kids in real life. So this dude, like, put in extra work, hung out with the kids, you know, maybe gave them candy, whatever the fuck he did. But he spent some time with these kids. He chummed them up beforehand. That way, when they were making the movie, these kids weren't fucking terrified of this guy. Well, so I think su- that's kind of cool. Well, they're not supposed to be anyway. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't the entire movie. They can't be scared of this fucking guy. No, you they can't. They can't be scared of this fucking guy. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. Wow, what a fact here. Speaking of kids, what do you got? I got a fact of- for you about okay. this movie here that you may or may not know. So, when Cat is reading a book to the little kids, you I know, Cat, you know, she's the one that murdered Billy, right? Mm-hmm. Short hair, had an abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, good choice. I mean, you know, who needs more kids in this world? It's already <laughs> fucking eight of them. But anyway, she's reading a book to the kids. They're reading The Little Puppy. Does that sound familiar to you? Well, it might be, because that is the favorite book of Danny Torrance. The Shining. The Shining. Oh, shit. A little hidden gem in there from the Stefan King himself that you did not notice, did you? No. What a hidden Stephen gem King, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a pop-up book right in your face and you didn't even see it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Wow. I like that. I like that a lot. Wow. That's you a good fact. More? You got any more? I do. I got okay. some stuff for you. Go ahead. So, 
there was a part in this movie where they break down, like, what, what do you call that? An anagram. Uh, Andre Linoja's last name can be like an anagram. A, mammy, for, a mammogram. Yeah, mammogram. Um, it could be that for, his name also could spell legion. Just like, you know, biblical, like the fucking group of demons, legion. So they noticed that. Yeah. But obviously up in Maine, there's a lot of French roots up there in Maine. And there's a lot of French last names. So King kind of did a little a little funny. He took, because uh, the name for snow in French is La Nige. And what La he, Nige. So he just, you know, kind of butchered it up a little bit and then, you know, made it with Legion. And so it's kind of like a double entendre name there. Nice little fucking fun fact for you. Wow. Yeah. That's very fucking interesting. Yeah. I got one more here. Okay, tell me. This is pretty fucking cool, right? Mm -hmm. So... This is something that you may or may not have noticed. Okay. Got the hairs in my mouth. Andre's cane. Yes. You know the cane? Uh-huh. The little wolf head. Like yeah. his little wannabe Jafar cane. Yeah. It's the same cane used by Stu okay. Redman in Stephen King's The Stand. You're fucking right it is. Uh, that's right it is. You didn't know Whoa. that, did you? You didn't notice that there, did you? Wow. Whoa. I know. That's something for your ass. Now look here, I got something a little more for you. This is a lot of facts. I know, but I got another little fact for you. Okay. What do we talk about in snow pictures? Uh. Some of it's ice. real, or some of it's fake. Or some real snow and fake snow, yeah. Same case for this movie, because you know, obviously they really had to intensify. You want to take a guess on how much money they spent on snow alone? A hundred thousand. No. Two million. Whoa, bro. That was it. Two million. It wasn't no way. I swear to God. I didn't even know that. <laughs> you really didn't know that. I didn't, that. I didn't oh. even know that. That was crazy. Yeah. That's nice. Two million dollars in snow. Yeah. My God. That's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of fucking snow. You like fucking read my brain. I think he is Andre Linoge. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Two million dollars in snow. So that's uh that's a little fact for your ass, and that's that's the last one I got for you. Wow. So, mm -hmm. yo. Hopefully you leave here a lot fucking smarter, because I feel fucking a lot smarter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark. Now, Mark, I know you're not like a overly religious guy, and <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not tackling that, but what I am tackling is I'm not sure. Oh, headphones backwards. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story of Job, uh, but in the Bible, Job is like a dude who pretty much the God, God and the devil get in a bet, and the devil's like, you know, I bet you I can get your people to believe in me, even your most like you know humble servant. He's like, I bet you can't. So like they put this dude Job through a bunch of bullshit, like kill his wife, kill his kids, he gets all these warts and shit all over his body, bad fucking life, right? And just for a bet with the devil, and it's you know it <clears throat> crazy story, whatever. Well. There's a part in this where everybody's kind of turning to Michael Anderson, like in the heat of everything, because they're like, what are we going to do? You know, like they're, they're like hoping he has some fucking like words of wisdom, right? <laughs> and he's driving and he's like, are you familiar with the story of Job? You know, he says, you know, Job, you know, he turns to God after all of this, after everything he's been through. And he says, God, you've taken my wife, you've taken my kids, you've given me every disease you can think of. You took all my livestock. You've done all this to me. And just for a bet for, with the devil, just to have a bet with the devil. God, all I want to know, God, all I want to know is why me? And then, then Michael said, then God looked down and told Job, I don't know, Job. Something about you just pisses me off. <laughs> and I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, because obviously that's not last part's not in the Bible, but Michael's just so pissed at that point where he's like, fuck you. I'm not going to be your, like, scripture man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> There's just something about you that pisses me off. I love how the pre <laughs> the pre town priest in the movie comes and tries to talk to Michael about fucking... Bible verses and Michael just owns him every time. <laughs> he just hit some more stronger scripture. I yeah. love that, dude. I did too. Like he just straight owned him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. That was that was a really funny part to me. And I love just the confrontations between everybody cuz you know, it's a, it's a big decision. And, and even before it's a decision, Michael's just 
He's kind of doing the cop thing because, you know, sometimes cops get frustrated, you know, and it's like, it's a hard job. So, like, he's trying to be as right as he could be, but he's getting frustrated. He starts pushing Andre against the bars. He's like, where's your wallet, sir? And he's getting fucking mad. And Hatch is like, whoa, Mike, calm down. (laughs) Everybody's, Mike, calm down. Hey, why don't you you take a seat? (laughs) Leave me the fuck alone, all right? Like. I got hands for everybody. <laughs> You'd get so mad. Whoa, Angela, what's wrong? <laughs> that guy would have did perfect on oh, that island. Ronnie, I think Ronnie's from that island. <laughs> Ronnie from Sleepaway Campus, from Little Tall Island in Storm of the Century. I swear to God he is. Angela, what's wrong? <laughs> Michael, what's wrong? Hey, why don't you do what he says? <laughs> don't talk to me like that. <laughs> I tell you, though, Jeff DeMunn, that guy is great. He's been in Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, The Mist, Storm of the Century. He's no stranger to Stephen King pictures. And honestly, I thought he was the saddest death in The Walking Dead. Dale, I would have kept that guy alive at any fucking cost. Just sweet old man helping everybody fix their RVs and shit. Nope. That guy's a great actor, dude. He's got great range. He kills the main accent. If you watch him like the Green Mile, he's got a Louisiana accent. And like this yeah. guy's a great actor. Yeah, the main accent is the main accent is hilarious, but he kills it every time. And for a good stom. <laughs> stom? You expect this just to sit here? Yeah, we're gonna sit here, and that's exactly what we're gonna do. I think you best does what he says. <laughs> just gonna keep saying I'm gonna tell people that. Hey, now. get your ass over here and look at my son. Why don't you look at my son here, Michael Anderson? <laughs> it's a big storm. Storm. The hard eyes. It's like Boston and Maine. You know, the hard eyes. A lot of fun. There's a lot of fun with the talk. It's just a rich story, man. I tell you, this is perfect for the rehab season. This wasn't put here by accident just because it is cold, but it really is a good rehab movie. And honestly, there's only a select handful of stories your brain really wants to to remember i mean i don't care if we're talking the little boy who cries wolf frankenstein whatever like your brain knows batman's story you know whatever it is like you know certain people's tales and origins and this one falls in my brain a lot and i think after you see it it's not forgettable you're not going to forget it after this um it's just not a forgettable movie you just remember it every time it seriously snows bad this is what comes to mind you're like "Uh uh-oh We might have a big wizard coming in, bro. He's going to take our kids. That would not be good. I wouldn't be okay with that, Mark. I just wouldn't. Mark, do you got a favorite part of this movie? Yeah. Um, A lot of of good parts here. Um, I have a favorite part and I have a favorite scene. How about that? Here's my favorite part is when Andre... Uh, first walks into the church where everybody's having their town meeting. Mm-hmm. And he's just walking around, and he just starts calling out everybody's bullshit. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. How's your dad doing? He's good. Your dad. Your dad's a gambler. You know all that extra money? <laughs> he steals it from the store. He loses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gambles it. He loses. <laughs> he's so shitty. He just called out. Just own this dad right in front of his kid. Like, you know, so he goes down there. It's cool to see him call out everybody's fucking secrets and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, you're lying. No, I'm not. But, and then uh, another one, The be- my favorite scene is when uh, he uh, puts all of the kids into the dream state so he can, you know, fly with them and make them like him and all that. How they do that is the cane he has turns into a dog. And makes all the kids want to pet the dog. So as soon as they touch the dog, they go into a deep sleep, right? So nobody's mm-hmm. what's going on. The last one kid to touch the dog would be Peppa. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that little girl's uh, dead in real life, by the way? That's sad. I know she was younger than us. She was also in The Patriot. That girl from The Patriot, Mel Gibson's daughter. She passed away. Very sad. Continue. Thanks for bringing the mood down there. But that's Hatch's <laughs> daughter, by the way. If you want to know who that is, she's also stupid and got her head stuck in the stairs. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she goes and she's tranced and like, no, stop. She's like, get off me, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, she hates that girl. Yeah. <laughs> just a little girl saying, get off me, bitch. It's just fucking hilarious, dude. There is a lot I of I lose it. I lose it. I lost it when that happened. <laughs> God damn. 
If I if I had to pick a favorite, I really I think it would be at the end, and it would be Michael Anderson's like cry to the town, just to be like you know, hey, we can't do this because that's some really good acting from Tim Daly there, and Tim's been in a lot of great stuff too. He he played in The Sopranos for a while. He was like the movie director guy, but it was just good to see. Um, I don't know. It was a great monologue. That was just one you could definitely tell he practiced in his room kind of thing. Like, he really fucking nailed that. And then, like, as the movie ends, I know it's kind of a sad note, but it's kind of crazy how it Paul plays out because he leaves his wife. He's like, fuck this little town. And he goes to San Francisco. And at the end, he's like walking. Like, that's the most farthest away from Maine you could be. San Francisco. So he goes there, bro, and he becomes like a U.S. Marshal, and it shows his life, and then he's walking the streets of San Francisco, and he sees this really old man with a cane with a teenage boy, and it's Ralphie and Andre. And he's so far away, like you said, from Maine, but he sees him. So this dude like just literally can't escape the, the reality of what happened, and it's just like this giant fucking sore in his life that's always going to be there. And it's like, damn, dude, that's just such a rich goddamn story, bro. Like, it's one of those ones where you're thinking about the characters, like, I wonder what he's doing now. It's not even a real dude. Like, it's not even a real dude. It's just uh, one of those stories, though. It's a Hotch ends up marrying his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, because uh, Hatch's wife ends up dying, and then he ends up hooking up with Molly Anderson and, you know, merging the families together. But Hatch was meant for that island. He was meant for that island, you know. So I, I don't know. I, there's just it's such a rich story, and Stephen King's obviously great at that. I mean, even last week with Misery, there's just certain stories you don't forget. And um, like I could, I could listen to this in a few. Like honestly, if this they decided to redo this, I wouldn't be horribly offended just because it was such a TV miniseries that not everybody talks about. So if we could get like Calm Fiore to be him again. Or, like, part two? Or, like, just to a new island? Like, I think that would be fucking sweet. Yeah, I think you could... I mean, there's... It's four hours long. There's things that you could sum up and make it maybe a two-and-a-half-hour movie. If you were going to make it a movie, if you wanted to make a... You can make, like, a special limited series on Netflix or something. They did that with Dracula. Right, so you could do that again. And I think this is something that has... Um, the possibility for a remake can be successful, but you have to have Fiore in it. Dude, he's so good. He has to be that, or somebody that is dead on him. Because if you try and recreate that with somebody else, it's not close to it. It's, it's going to ruin it. Stephen King was very adamant about having somebody, because they, like, obviously the TV producer people, because he was like, I don't want to trash them, but obviously it's their job to try to nitpick your work and shit. Right. And he said that they're like, all right, we'll get Anthony Hopkins to do this role. And he's like, Anthony Hopkins isn't going to fucking do this, dude. He's not going to do a TV thing. Stephen King was like, these people aren't going to do this. And he says, once you once it's that, though, somebody's going to be like, oh, look, it's Anthony Hopkins playing the devil wizard. Like, it's going to be something else. And he says, I want somebody that's going to kill it, but it's not that known. And I'm very supportive of that decision. And I don't know, man. Maybe if this movie got really popular, I wouldn't be as... I'd be a little upset. But, like, after all this length, you know, because it feels like it belongs to us, or like, you know, the select few. But after all this time, this and, like, Rose Red, you just... Man, like, it'd just be nice to hear more people talk about it. Because, like, my brain thinks about this for three months out of the year when it's cold. And there's no, like, there's no... There's a good big stomp coming, a big mother of a stomp. <laughs> stomp. <laughs> like, like, I feel like that all the time. Oh, no, no. It's ruined me. <laughs> this movie will stay with you forever once you hear stomp. But, uh, yeah. Well. Okay, that was great. Don't do that again. So uh, let's let's figure out uh, where this uh, rates Christian Ramey. Oh, I'm excited. Mark, that's my favorite. I know it is. Thank you. You know why it is? Because I made it, bitch. Oh, yeah. This is the Sloppy Horror Podcast Rating. <clears throat> if this is your first time here, where the hell have you been? This is like 40-some episodes deep now. You should know what the hell's going on by now. But if you don't, that's okay. I'll tell you anyway. We're going to rate this 
movie on a horror movie rating scale not a movie scale it's a horror movie rating scale we do this in a series of four categories three to categories worth three points last categories worth one point for a total of 10 points altogether yes <clears throat> so let's keep it in mind here we're talking about horror movie what makes a movie a horror movie on the horror movie scale let's go into the first category here in the sobby horror podcast rating and that is casting there's over 75 speaking roles in this jesus christ there's a lot of folks in here, and a big switch from last week of Misery when we're dealing, like, with fucking mainly two people and, like, an occasional other two people. Like, this is a lot of folks. Yeah, there's an entire town. Casting, I and, and I don't know, I mean, obviously we talk about the pillars of horror movies, and, like, I don't ever, I mean, some people think it'd be a good idea for us to talk about a bunch of movies we don't like, but just to be truthful with you, I don't want to spend an hour talking about movies we fucking hate. And I generally like movies that have great casting. And this, for me, feels like a two and a half. It's not a perfect three, but it's a two and a half for the fact that, like, maybe one more solid, like, actor could have delivered. But I feel like everyone gelled well together. And it doesn't have... They're all lesser known actors, but there are a few people who give you that book feeling where you're like, okay, you know, these people, like Martha Clarington, for example, they're just fill-in role characters. So that's going to give the half because for a three, it needs to be a James Can and a Kathy Bates. It needs to be like the perfect delivery. So I feel two and a half is solid for that. That's a great rating, but just a, sled, or just a tad under fucking perfect. I can see that. Makes a lot of sense. You like that? Yeah. So that's okay. two and a half out of ten so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast Rating. Let's go to the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast Rating. That is kills. So kills, Mark. We have seven kills. Not all of them are on screen. Um, but the kills we do have for a TV. Uh, do you remember when he he didn't kill that girl? You remember when he lifted her up and levitated her? We didn't mention that, by the way. Like, oh, she always yeah. lit herself with a candle. That was cool. Yeah. So what do we have here? We have somebody getting beat to death. We have somebody, like, drowning themselves. We have an axe to a face. We have a hanging. We have two people that disappeared. Um, they pretty much just froze to death out there. I think they found one of them. Yeah. Yeah, they found... Uh, um, Oh, what the hell? Angie, you know. So, for this, man, because there's such a variety, when you give me that many, I feel like this could be a solid one and a half for me personally because it's, like, not non-existent, but it's just middle of the road, especially for keeping TV in mind because three, I, I just like to keep variety in mind. And if you give me a variety of killing... Um, even if it's not over the top with gory, for some reason, if you just give me a variety, that adds a different element of like, this dude doesn't have just one tactic to take you. There's all different kinds of creepy shit going on. So I feel like it's just your run of the mill, um, uh, mediocre and kills. There's enough there where I feel confident for one and a half, but they're not strong enough to put it as a two or a three. Yeah. But compared to other things, you know, it's their TV deaths. Yes, yes. They are TV deaths. You can only go so high with TV deaths if you're talking about horror movies because depending on how a kill does generates the fear, which creates the horror of it. If you're just having death, people are used to it now, mm-hmm. especially TV deaths. Like, oh, they're dead. Exactly. It doesn't It's nothing too special, but they do get a number of stuff in there, so that's one and a half for that. So that is four out of ten so far here after two categories. Let's go into the third and final three-point category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. That is fear. So this one, this isn't this isn't scary or socks off fucking scary. Not saying it's a realistic situation, but it's a heavy issue. And it takes you it, it takes you there for a long time. So it takes a long time to get there. So there is some suspense built. For this to me, it's screaming a two. It's screaming a two because, like, the weather element there, you've got the weather element, and then, like, you're like, man, he's going to kill us all, and we got to give him a kid. So there's some, like, heartstrings involved along with the weather and everything else. For me, I'm going to give it, I don't know, man, I'm right at one and a half or two. What do you think about this? What do you think? One and a half. One and a half from run of the mill fears. So yeah, re- because I mean, there's st- the storms out there. But the only thing it does is just wreck a dock. I mean, the yes, pa- the power goes out because of Andre. 
Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, you know, it's just a lot of snow. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you. they almost weathered the entire storm. So it's like they were just literally going to be in a shelter hanging out or at home. Like, that. you know, there's nothing – no deaths were caused because of the storm. That feels solid to me. You know, so, I mean, me. the storm – if you're scared of snow, then you might be freaked out about it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just heavy issues. That's what it is. Unrealistic Heavy issues in that situation, at least. Yeah, one and a but, half uh, feels good. But, it's enough to get you engaged, not like scare your socks it's, off. It's, it's creepy. It's creepy, but not totally fearful. Which that you know, creepy gets you a one and a half. I so appreciate that. Is, that. Uh, Thank you for helping me through that. That is five and a half out of ten so far. Here, let's go on to the final one point category for half a point each. That is, if we fuck with this movie. So I'm, I'm gonna give it the go ahead and a yeah. Mark, what say you? What's your pleasure? (laughs) (laughs) uh, That Maine accent. I could never go to Maine. You couldn't go to Maine because there's a lot of storms. You're going way up there, huh? That road. The road way out there. It's a dumb storm down that road. Uh, yeah, I'll fuck with this movie too. This is a uh, this is good. I'm definitely gonna be probably watch this again in my life. It's a great story. That makes me very happy. rich story. Um, good characters, funny accents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's just interesting too, because you really don't know what's going on until the final thing. It does keep you suspenseful, and I like when movies do that. Yes. So, uh, but it, it's uh, it's got rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Not like versus like I kind of compare this to like a Netflix miniseries, but the difference is is once you watch a Netflix miniseries, if you're like me, you watch it once and that's it. You don't need to watch it again. Yeah. But this, but a movie style, this is I, I'll probably watch this again. That's what makes me fuck with it. But it's it's great. So that is uh, yeah, six and a half out of ten for the final score of Storm of the Century, nineteen ninety nine. Now, that's a pretty good score for a horror movie rating for a TV series, if you ask me. If Get out you, of there. Um, no. Um, no. I'm sorry, dog. There was a dog behind us. Oh. I think he was in the litter box. Ooh. Why do dogs do that? Because, dude, they eat the same food their entire life. Anything. Imagine if you had to eat the same food your entire life. Mm, cut the, the same dry food your entire life. That's true. You, with a brain size of your thumb, would probably eat some cat shit because it probably tastes different. Yeah, that's nasty. So, so I can't that... blame them. It's nasty, but they're dumb dogs. They don't fucking know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, Mark. I'm not calling dogs dumb, okay, but they're lo- heavily less smart than us. But they're I love dogs. I got two of them. I'm not a dog hater, so don't fucking come at me and think I'm some kind of fucking asshole. Mark, you you know you were. Here, here's here's what I need to tell the people though, real quick, okay? Yeah, wrap it up, why don't you? I do need to tell the people this. <clears throat> now, not often, um, it, not everybody on here follows us on TikTok or all our other platforms. But really quick, if you don't, that's a major help to us. Um, even if you're like, man, I enjoy you guys every week on Spotify. It would be really nice if you make sure to follow us on YouTube as well. But throw a like down. Throw a comment. We don't care if it's a recipe. I don't care if you put, uh, put post the whole script for, for uh, you know, The Godfather. I don't care what you post in the comments. It helps us out with our engagements because Mark and I are just happy to have you as listeners. But these dumbass platforms, they really do appreciate when you rate it, when you like it, when you share it, etc. But also, when I go on my lives streams and whatever sometimes i'll talk about newer horror flicks because we talk about the pillars here but folks i did just see a great movie over uh, over this week on shutter and it's called the last matinee okay it's the last matinee it's on shutter very fucking slasher and jalo style man this is like one of the best movies i've seen i would put it in the last few years i mean it's really great there's a killer going around a movie theater killing people as they're watching a horror movie like when the heightening scenes come on all the strings like he's going through killing people from the back row to the front it's hmm. fucking really cool That's got a lot of jalo coloring um score whatever so if you guys are looking for a new recommendation if you have shutter i would definitely recommend watching the last matinee 
It was that good. I mean, I don't think I've given any recommendations before at the end of our episodes, but that was a good fucking movie. Definitely think you'll enjoy it if you guys are a fan of the Argento slasher Jalo style. So that's a good recommendation. Oh yeah, so, thank you for that. But for real, guys, th- please do that. Please, if if you depending on where you're listening, if you're a listener on YouTube, go on Spotify, give us a rating. We're not asking you to lie and give us a five if you don't think we're a five, but we just want you to give us an opinion. We're trying to group everything together because we got more fans on certain platforms, and we just want to kind of spread everybody equal. And I know. Just watching off one does the, the, a lot of love. But if you really care, I know you human beings spend six, at least six hours a day on your fucking phone. If you could take 45 seconds of that, to, you know, do the comment, the like, the share, all that stuff, really does a lot of help. We didn't start this goddamn video off like, all right, guys, go ahead and like that smash button. Like, we're, we're not those people at all. And we'll never be those people. So we just gave you an hour of free content, and we're asking you to do us a 45-second favor. So if you can do that, we'd appreciate you more than a, more more than anything. And we're only taking a week break, folks. We're only taking a week break, and we also have got some special news for the Patreon coming out next season, so keep your ear to the track. That's correct. Well, let's just get into it right now. I'll pull the curtain back, Christian Ramey. So... We do one episode a week right now. That's all That's all we can really do uh, with our schedules and the amount of time it takes for me to produce this episode, video and audio. It takes a good about four to five hours for me to do complete everything. It's because you're the best producer okay? in the galaxy. And usually I have to do that. And I usually have to do that on the weekend in my free time. So, but a lot of, I wish I could make more episodes for you guys a week because I know there's a lot of people. I see the comments on the lives, you know, they're all caught up. They can, they want more. I understand that. So what we are going to do for you guys is fuck your wives. Yes. After we're done, oh. after completion, we are going to... <laughs> be coming out with one episode a week on the patreon okay now this is not going to be the sloppy horror podcast no it's going to be us talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about so if you want to find out more about us um you know just if you like our banter you get an extra hour of that we're going to be talking about anything and everything so if you want to get to know us better or just listen to our bullshit for another hour to keep you company they will be do it. It is 100% uncut, unedited, just an hour straight through. Whatever happens, happens. And, and we're not gonna we're not gonna chop your head off on these Patreon tiers. Some people are like twenty dollars a month. Like that's not a, like seriously. I think our lowest tier will probably be two dollars. Two dollars to four bucks a month. Like we're gonna make it very reasonable. Obviously, there's higher tiers, but. Um, I don't even understand the tiers, but just you get keep you get more more things. Like there's more things per tiers. Like uh, really quick, like you know your first tier, you'll just probably get access to the video. Second tiers, like you're able to like ask us questions. We can make the tiers what they want, but like honestly, if you're in the third tier, if you're like spending over twenty bucks a month, you'll get a fucking candle or something every fucking month. Dude, you'll get I'll something. send you a dick pic every morning. You yeah, get twenty bucks a month. Yeah, but. But that way, um, the reason why we're doing this is because if I do it completely uncut, that's my plan, is I'm going to be able to produce this very easily. It's not going to have any fancy editing. It's just going to be like a behind-the-scenes hour for you. It's the audio be on will the still be great. The, the audio will be fine. Like not Mark, Mark puts in a lot of work video-wise. Uh, if you notice all these badass cuts like right now. What he does, that's a lot of fucking work. That's a lot of work to do. Like, so, and honestly. So, um... So it's and the page real quick the Patreon that's just videos right it's still YouTube videos it's whatever you want okay well, but yes it it will be video as well would be helpful because YouTube it's easier to post I, like we can post a video on YouTube and not make it public we could make it unlisted and make it only available for the folks with the link and then you put the link on the Patreon if that makes sense so okay. whatever however that's gonna work but let's, there's gonna be an extra episode for you each week. If you're on the Patreon, it's what's going to happen after our week break. So don't go on there after this episode comes out and ask, where's my episode? Be like, yo, it's not coming out yet. Okay, but that way we can get you a little bit extra content to help you get it through the day. And you're probably going to have fun like we're going to have. It's going to be a fun hour. Okay, so that's coming. And that's going to help us out, too, because honestly, like, hey, if there were people that were at our speed, yes, we'll take those sponsors or whatever. But you're not going to hear like, all right, guys, let's take a break in between the thing. And we're going to talk about your number one manscaping products. Guys, I know your ball hairs get tricky. Well, that's not us. Hey, guys, you likes an energy drink that makes you feel like you're fucking crazy? Well, Ozark and I know crazy. That's not us. 
That's not what we're going to do. We know you fucking fans love us enough where you guys can keep us afloat, just like Pennywise. So the Patreon, keep your ear to the track on that. There's new stuff coming. We're going to revamp it. And this next season, it's announced right now. It's the fucking season of sequels and a request season. Holy shit, you combined them. I, we combined them, folks. Now, if you, Dude, you're hyping me up. If you guys, now I'm going to make a little TikTok for this. <laughs> and uh, you know, announce that that I'm combining them both. But if you guys have recommendations, I don't care where you send them to us. Any of the platforms, uh, you can send a carrier pigeon. You can send like one of those owls and Harry Potter. Let us know what sequel you would like to see next year. Not adaptations, preferably, but just sequels. You know, number two, number three, number four. One of those pictures, and that gives us an opportunity to talk about some more of these legends back here and some things like that because we've covered a lot of the originals. It's time to get. Time to get to the nitty gritty. So, folks, be excited. Be excited. Because we're here. We're here and we're not going away, bro. We keep coming back. Keep coming back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are officially, officially rehabbed. Congratulations. And we will see you on the next season of sequels and requests. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a sequel. I'm so excited. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create cycles. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash you. I'm Joe Christmas. Back up in that ass with the sloppy horror show. We're all you killing bloody loving maniacs. Second skin. He's the earthy mohawk, he's got that knowledge for the fix Triple nine, horror flicks, flipped around like a crucifix Follow it like Myers, be across the 50 states The rain man of horror, be obsessed like Norman Bates It's everything horror, bitch, coming to the past You're gonna learn today, it's the Sloppy Horror Podcast We all go a little mad sometimes